0: Due to copyright considerations, songs from today's service have been removed for our podcast. You can view the service in its entirety, including the music, on our YouTube channel. Every Christmas Eve, pastors and church staff work really hard to retell a story that everybody already knows. They've heard it all of their lives. There's beauty in the story and in the retelling, and we hallow it as we should. We surround it with songs, traditions, food, trees, lights. We surround it also with hopes and dreams. Some of those dreams are are short-term. Getting presents. Will people be healthy during Christmas? Will people arrive safely? And we hope the family gets along this year and nobody brings up politics or religion. But other dreams are longer term. Safety, health, and yes, peace on earth. And I I want to talk about that peace on earth. Now, we're aware that this goes out to nations, that English is not the primary language. In English, we have words that sound exactly the same, but mean something very, very different. That's one of the reasons English is looked upon as a very difficult language to learn. We call those that sound the same, but mean something else, homonyms. They're words that can confuse us. And so today we're going to take a look at one pair of these. The first word is peace, P-I-E-C-E, which just means part of the whole. One of the traditions we had as our children were growing up was to buy a large puzzle to put together over the holidays. And it became such a tradition that it still goes on. We found that the grands are are keeping it going. Our kids are keeping it going with the grands. We all came at the puzzle from different directions. We all had different ideas. But there were certain rules. The border first. Then people look at the box and they say, they claim a bit of the picture they're going to work on. I'm going to work on the fire truck. I'm going to work on the tree which was not helpful because there were many trees, but I'm gonna, and that's, that's part of the fun of it. And then you start looking for the pieces that might be the piece you're looking for. We also found out that our limit is 750 pieces, and we're better at, we're better as a family at 500 pieces, <laughs> 1,000 pieces, there is no piece on earth, that homonym. And every so often you had to stop and look around because there was a missing piece of the puzzle. Who had it? Where is it? Is it on the floor? Is it under the couch? Well, there's a missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to the coming of our Lord, Advent. In Luke chapter 2, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. God enters that world in a very dark night, a very dark time of history, and he unilaterally declares peace. Peace. Now that's a part which I, I think we skip over sometimes. God didn't declare universal peace. He declared peace on His side between Him and mankind. That's, um, at that time we were not at peace with God. And we were not at peace with each other. And if we're being very honest, we still cannot claim to be peaceful people living in a peaceful land. When it comes to peace... There's a piece missing. What what has the Advent done for you? What has it done for me? What has it done for all of us? I fear that if we lose this piece of the puzzle, it ruins the project. It ruins the picture. If you've ever put together one of these puzzles and there's one piece missing, that's all you see when you look at it. Where is the piece? I don't want us... To end up crawling on the floor of our lives looking for the missing piece. Katie and Archer, would you come on up, please? As we work through this story, we're going to try to bring the pieces together. We're going to try to make sense of this the best we can. So, bringing the pieces together, we're going to have three songs here. The first, a meditation. Second, a plea, and then come on through. It's all right. This is not a stage; it's a family room. First, setting the scene, a meditation. Second, a plea: "O come, O come, Emmanuel," and then third, a prayer, which we often misunderstand. It will be at this this morning. It'll be instrumental. But we've all heard, "God rest ye Mary, gentlemen." We just put the comma in the wrong place. It doesn't mean "God rest ye, comma, Mary, gentlemen." It was an old English way of saying, "God rest you Mary." In other words, give you peace. May He give you the ability to rest now, because He has declared peace for us. So a meditation, a plea and a prayer. Well, the stage is set. The world is dark, as dark as it's ever been. Rome and its legions have marched through the streets of every village in the known world at that time. Religious division had broken the people of God. They could show no unified face religiously, and certainly not as a people. And then After hundreds of years without prophets, hundreds of years without unity at the temple, a star shines, angels gather, and they bring the very opposite message from that which we would expect for God to bring with a divided, evil-filled, dark world. But it is that message, that message of surprise, that gives us hope. I really don't want to move on from that scene. It's such a beautiful one. A holy one, full of hope. Shepherds hearing this message, angels, as one of our carols says, thronged in the air. It's a beautiful, holy picture. It's full of hope. And it's a familiar story that we love so much, that we put on programs so that our kids can play the different parts, Jesus and Mary, maybe not Jesus, the babies, but Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and we also will probably import some kings and other things there. And if you don't have a speaking part, then maybe you'll be one of the animals. We love that stuff. But I fear we don't quite understand the scene. God declared peace on earth between himself and humankind. He did not declare himself the dictator of the world and promised to end all conflict between people with force. He promised that he would not be at war with us. That's the promise. He certainly calls us to be at peace with each other. But when we are not at peace with each other, that is on us. It is not on him. In fact, he warned us that this is the way it was going to be. Very little talked about, but it's in there. In Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted. Put to death, you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world As a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Wars, rumors of wars, divisions, famines, earthquakes, he told us those would come. In fact, he didn't just say those will come along anyway. In Matthew chapter 10, he even says his coming will cause some of these things to happen, that there will be divisions. Merely because God called for peace between us and Him and sent His Son. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 36. Do not suppose, listen to this. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. I want to talk to those of you that are sitting on a couch alone. And will be celebrating alone. If you celebrate at all. I understand. I understand how families break. How they they fracture. And the jagged edges of that fracture continually grind. I get that. I hear you. We know you're there. But understand that just because we are Christian. That will cause fractures in this world. Because this world is not is not a big fan of peace on earth it wants power it wants position it wants wealth it wants adoration and so it goes to war against the one who said he would not go to war with us these passages seem shocking to us but they were not shocking to the early believers they understood this They did not see Roman persecution or waves of invaders or plagues to be signs that God's promises failed. They sometimes saw them as perhaps a sign of his punishment, but in the main, they saw our conflicts and pain as part of the world that God had come to save. One of the earliest carols, in fact, that we have in the English language comes from long ago... The roots of it most likely in the 12th century. And it is a song sung by mothers to each other. Mothers of male children in Bethlehem. The Coventry Carol, or in some countries it's called Lule Lule because of the chorus. We won't sing the words today. But we have a brother in Montana that some of you have met, if you, if you watched the interview uh, several months back with Robert Jakus, who is a man who uh, takes care of the blind, he is blind himself, and a man of incredible accomplishment, and he volunteered to send us a version of the song played on his flute. Let's just listen and think about what those mothers of male children thought about peace on earth. we will have children listening in today and one of my rules is never do anything that upsets a child so we're not going to discuss what the mothers of the male children in Bethlehem were discussing because you know the story you've read it before we love children, we want them to be safe and happy every day especially on Christmas but we know the story we know what Herod did because Christ came Because a rival king had arrived, and humanity had not declared peace with God, humanity had not declared peace with each other, and therefore he took action to try to secure his place on his minor throne in a minor province of a great empire. These mothers had lost their children, but they had not lost their faith. I remember hearing this song as a boy and thinking, well, that just ends wrong. Not the words so much, because we almost never heard the words. But it's a song done in a minor key that ends in a major. And we don't do that in songs, not on purpose. But then you realize in their distress, in their misery, in their hurt and loss, they ended with faith, very much like... A lot of the Psalms, about one-third of the Psalms do. Starting with puzzlement, fear, questions, anger even, but ending with hope at the very end. They knew the peace, P-I-E-C-E, that we have lost. Peace between humankind and God was the gift that God gave us, but that didn't mean that we were going to be suddenly transformed from here to heaven. Or that heaven would suddenly take root in our hearts. Even Jesus, as he prayed before his crucifixion, in John 17, it always amazes me, before he he knew he was about to die in a horrific way, and yet, and so he had a choice of subject matter, and he prayed about you. He was thinking of you. And in John 17, he specifically addresses from 14 to 17 there that, Father, I pray for those I'm leaving behind because they're going to have a hard time. They're going to have a very hard time. And I don't want you to take them from the world, but I want you to be with them in the world. Once again, God has declared peace with us. And notice when he, Jesus asked for protection there, it is protection about keeping our faith and staying the course. It is not a get out of the way of pain and death pre-card but rather help them get through it help them be tough young mary we talked a lot about her the last couple of uh, christmas eves i don't think you can talk too much about her but i this this time we're just bringing her in here young girl probably very early teens from the way the words are used about her here she is pregnant, and the rest of her life, she knows that people will question her story. But she was an exceptional young woman in every sense of the word. She prayed a prayer after accepting the mission that God had given her. She prayed a prayer that this, to this very day we call the Magnificat. And I think it is best, and it lands hardest, when we hear it from the lips of a young girl. Let's do that.
1: And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from from generation to generation he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts he has brought down the rulers from their thrones but he has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things but he has sent the wretch away empty he has helped his servant israel remembering to his merciful, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Luke 1, 46, 55.
0: Very well done. But did you see it? Did you hear it? There's talk of people being scattered, thrones being pulled down, of people who are rich being brought down and humbled, and humble people being lifted up. They heard and they understood that peace with God does not necessarily mean peace with man. Peace with God sometimes requires that the pot is stirred rather vigorously, and we're in that pot. There was a wonderful carol, which we will not do today because we've got so much going on, uh, but Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, who had been now widowed twice, and and very painfully and, and... Just horrible situation. And then his son had decided, I want to join the war, the civil war, the American war between the states. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow refused to give him the the blessing and said, don't. But he went anyway. And his son was grievously wounded. And then he heard the bells, Longfellow did, on Christmas Day. And that he talks about, I hear the bells, but where is the peace on earth? And as he goes through, he finds his way like one of the psalms. To hope in a dark place. Hope without sight. Faith without sight. When we see pain and conflict around us and yet sing of faith, we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. That's why we take communion. We are lighting candles in the dark. When we take this, we are turning from all other things and giving our allegiance to our Father. Now, the musicians, I'm going to say, we have a little time, because I'm going to do this early, all right, and then I'll bring you up. We, there's so much going on here. It's like air traffic control. when it's in, <laughs> Think of this as being in your living room, and that's, about the, that's what's going on. We're proclaiming our faith in the middle of the Roman Colosseum. Proclaiming our faith in POW camps, in refugee camps, in the bread lines. When we are surrounded by war and rumor of war, we are lighting a candle in the dark. Would you take the bread and let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we believe even in the dark. Even when we do not see, we believe that you have declared peace with us and given us the mission to be peacemakers on this earth. As we take this bread, may we remember your son, his life, his teaching, his mediation for us, the salvation he has brought to us. And may we have faith in the dark. In the name of Jesus, the whole church says, amen. Amen. Let us pray again. Our Father, we understand that this grace you have given us is free to us. We did nothing, nothing at all for you to show up and declare peace on earth to all that you've made. Yet, we also know that this was not free to you. It cost you dearly. As we take this, may we remember That you loved us that much. May we remember our Christ. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if our musicians in their own time. Can make their way up. On such a holy night. With such an amazing story. Taking. Communion seems to be the right thing to do. And while there are wars now in the Middle East, wars in Eastern Europe, wars between people in their homes and in cars as they travel to visit family, our prayer is that we will remember our Messiah. And so a bit of music from that time. Meditate on faith in the dark as we play a song to our Messiah. And I realized just now, I think I was supposed to be on the floor, but he's saying I'm good, so... When your tech guy allows you to continue, it's a it's Merry Christmas. That's um we are so glad that you have walked this journey with us. If you've noticed we haven't resolved it entirely, we haven't explained it entirely, and the reason for that is that we can't. This is on us now. God has declared peace. Now it is up for us to be the peacemakers. So before Our brother Greg closes us out and allows you to return to your busy Christmas Eve. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. May we rejoice in the peace that we have with God and determine to live in peace with each other. May we not be satisfied with being peaceful, but instead let us become, in truth, peacemakers. May our message ring with that of the angels, wherever we are. Whatever our situation, we declare peace on earth and goodwill toward all.